All right, welcome to Peeps Creek, the cafe where we serve you delightful, slightly intense, but definitely worthwhile conversations. A podcast focused on bringing people together by drinking, listening, and conversing. So grab your favorite drink and let's see what's on today's menu. All right, people, welcome to Peeps Creek, the cafe. Um, you know that you need to grab your favorite drink and let's get into this little um conversation today and on today's menu is episode 36 it is murdered his mother or falsely accused now for those of you who don't know the menu is the topic now as i indicated on episode 34 um we are finishing up on a and accused guilty or innocent and this is actually the last episode or the last um, case that we're going to cover in that particular. Um, what is it? That particular um, series series documentary. documentary. Or... Yeah. But before we do that, you I told you to grab your drink. And it's important for me to let you grab a good drink here at the cafe. I am drinking on. What am I drinking on? What do you think this is? This is bourbon. Ginger ale. With a little um, sugar free ginger ale. And oh, a little okay. gin, a little lime and a little um lemon that's what i'm drinking on all right in virginia beach Denise, what are you drinking on i am actually drinking on some caramel frap all right so you're drinking on some coffee over there is it decaf or caffeinated caffeinated okay do you think that this particular case is going to cause us to need some caffeine no but you you always cost me to want some caffeine so uh-huh all right it's like it's like the headache that don't go away, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we are on episode 36, Murder His Mother or Falsely Accused. We are stepping into the good old state of Iowa. Now, oh, wait. Before we start, I want to do, I have a thing that I want to, I forgot what is it that you're calling it now. When you take a shot? It's called take a shot. <laughs> oh, well, I want to take a shot. All right, that, go ahead. Well, you want to take a shot too? That's when I can just unleash, right? For only a short period of time, because okay. remember the other episode, straight up no chaser, is for you to you could do your own episode on that. All right, okay. go ahead. So I want to take a shot. I'm a little I'm a little depressed right now because you know I, I always look forward to what outfit I'm gonna wear when we do these podcasts, right? And I've been waiting for more merchandise from Peeps Creek and I haven't received this. So today I had to wear this one. So I'm a little depressed because you're back on my chest. And that uh-huh. is so freaking depressing. So I'm going to take a shot. Mm-hmm. Oh. You, gotta, you don't have to tell the people the brand, but what are you taking a shot of? Oh, well, you already told the brand. I guess I okay. have to. You don't have to. Vodka. You can just say vodka. Vodka. All right. <laughs> Because Ciroc ain't paying me. All right. Okay. Apple. Apple vodka over here. uh, Apple vodka. So this is hopefully to cheer me up from this depression that I have to wear this man on my chest. So salute. All right. Salute. We appreciate you. We are welcome. And I am glad to be back on um, your chest. 
so depressing. Chest Just of re- life. That's like super bad <laughs> over there. You know, super shy. Here we go. Just da, 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 da. It oh. is Pips Creek. Oh, gosh. I'm about to blow up. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. All right. So we are going to go ahead and jump into this particular topic. We are in the state of Iowa. Now, I don't think, as I was stating before, I don't think I've ever been um, in the good old state of Iowa. I don't even think I've passed it before, but had I passed it, um, yeah, I just don't know. All right. <laughs> what about you? Have you ever been? Not at all. Okay. Pass all right. or been there or nothing. All right. So um, in in um, Iowa, this case opens up as all the other cases open up. It, it, mm-hmm. Let's be clear on this particular case. It is actually in two episodes. So episode yes. six and episode seven, but we are going to take care of them in this particular episode and, and one. All right. So we open up in Iowa and we hear a phone call, 911, and it's a man crying and he says, let me see if I can do this. <clears throat> he says, Help! My mother's laying on the floor dead. Blood everywhere. It looks like she's been laying here for two hours. That's what he said, right? <laughs> well, I think he said he needed an ambulance, that his mom has had been laying down. I don't know floor. if he actually said that because there is a you- lot of dis- there is a lot of debate from the family members, particularly yeah. when we talk about the the trial that they don't think he actually attempted to try to get her any kind of help because he presumed that she was dead. But go ahead. Well, well, that was what I was going to say. Like, when I heard it, I was like, two hours? How do you even know she's been dead for two hours? Yeah. Like, exactly. And at that moment, he was guilty in my eyes. All right. So, However. So the... <laughs> The nine one one call. You've are you 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 are an expert. You've already determined that this man yes. is guilty. There is yeah, no and ifs or buts no. about it. Who says two hours? Like, I don't care how in distress you are. You don't put a time frame. And you said two hours. Nah. Okay. Let's be let's be fair. He is He's a, guilty. He, in my eyes, he was guilty in that moment. All right, but he is a farmer, and so that means that he, as a farmer, let me finish. That he may have dealt with some animals where he has identified from the slaughtering of these animals that blood coagulates at a certain time. And he probably saw that his mother's blood coagulated when he went in and saw her. And he presumed, based upon his experience, that it had to have been at least two hours. All right. Guilty. (laughs) All right. I I did change my mind, though. But that made me think... Hmm, something's not right here. Like, why would you even say that? So, all right. So let's get let's continue because we you 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 already have us spending ten hours just on the intro. That's just a phone call. We didn't even talk about the evidence or the trial. All right. So <clears throat> the decedent is Shirley Gates. Um, Shirley and- Carter. No, I thought it was. I thought her name is Shirley Gates, and the son name is Jason Carter. Well, we'll we can go ahead. I have Shirley Carter, but okay. Well, anyway, but J- Jason Carter. <laughs> oh, you know what? <laughs> the wife, right? Wait, 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 wait. You know why? Because the wife is named Shirley too. No, there's a street that I always turn on to get to Lowe's, and it's called Shirley Gate. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. All right. Okay, let's let's okay. apologize to the Carter family. It is Shirley. Sorry, Shirley 
Carter. She's 68. She is laying on the floor. So we we go in, we get to see some kind of photographs, right? Mm -hmm. She's laying on the floor. Um, You see her feet um, and um, she's been shot, right? And I think what he says as we as the episode continues with the 911 call that he sees a hole in the floor. Right. Right. Um, And so that's going to be pivotal because people are going to presume as we talk about the trial and the investigation that, you know, he should have known that something was going on. And the first thing he should have did was actually call 911 instead of calling his sister, but he calls his sister. All right. Now, um, Jason Carter, they introduce him. I don't know how old he is, but he has been accused not only by the prosecution and the the lead investigator, but also by his father, by his brother and sister of murdering his mother. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when we when we open this and feel free, because I know I, you know, I get excited about these cases. So feel free to just jump in and take over. You actually on point right now. So you're good. Thank you, producer. Okay, <laughs> so so he he's accused by these individuals, and what we do find out is that for whatever reason, similar to episode thirty-two, there are allegations that this was maybe a potential robbery because there's things disarray, right? Things in the kitchen are thrown out all over the place, but in the bedroom, only the drawer, only actually two drawers are open and things are scattered about, right? And we find out later on that there is no evidence that the same type of thing occurred in any other place of the house, the, the living room, right. anything of that. So the two main places um, where there's things thrown all over the place is the kitchen and then her room, there's two dressers. And then in the basement, there's a cabinet where there are um, some guns. There's still some rifles in there. I think two or three. But one, I think, is taken. A high-powered rifle mm-hmm. is taken, right? Now, what I don't think is made clear in this episode, either one of them, and maybe you know, is was that high-powered rep- rifle stolen or was it just used to kill Miss um, Carter? Well, the, What did you um- understand? The junior attorney, when she was talking, because I wrote it down exactly how she said it. So she said they have no idea if the rifle is missing or if I'm I'm sorry, they have no idea if the rifle is um, the actual murder weapon that killed her because she was killed with the same rifle. Um, Mm -hmm. But she did say that that murder weapon was never found. All right. So So the presumption is that it was taken. Yeah. Right. Or stolen. Or stolen, which we don't know. And quite frankly, which is another baffling aspect of this. If you're going to go in and steal something, why not steal all the guns so you can sell them? And why just take one? All right. Putting that aside. So um, the state is a is charging him with murder. Right. First degree murder. Uh, first degree murder. And in Iowa, that comes with a life sentence without the possibility of parole. Now, why is that important is that there are a lot of jurisdictions and a lot of states that do have what they call life sentences. But typically those life sentences are not for the duration of the natural life. And some in some jurisdictions, life means 20 years and some jurisdictions, life means you have to serve a certain amount and then you may be eligible for parole. But in Iowa, with first degree murder, particularly, there is no option for parole. Um, Life is life in Iowa. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. 
Now, the prosecution's theory, as we understand, is one of two things. Either he got upset, the son, and lost his temper while he was there and, and killed his mom, mm -hmm. or he planned to do this all along. Alone. All right. Now, Denise, I've been talking for a moment, so I've set that up. That's the case that we have. We have a son who's been accused of killing his mom. He finds the mother. He calls 911. Um, he says she's been dead for at least two hours based upon his evidence, his expertise. Um, there is allegations that there is robbery, but no one has been charged with robbery. It's just the murder. Um, there's an allegation that there was a high power rifle that was in the basement. Um, that rifle is not to be found. We don't know what happened. We don't know if it was taken during the robbery, taken before. We don't know if that was the actual rifle that was used to kill Miss Carter. But we do know that she is dead. And the brother, the father and the sister are accusing Jason of murder. All right. Take us. Take us. What, what What's the next thing we that we so get now to. they are going to take us through the timeline for Jason from the moment that he went to work until he actually found his mom. Um, so because at, at this point, they're trying to see if he would have had enough time from when he was, you know, at work, leaving work, doing whatever it is that he was doing to when he found her to be able to kind of have murdered her. So that's what they're trying to determine. Um, so he's text a company, um, I guess a company that he's working for, because like you mentioned, he's a farmer, um, because he had to drop, he wanted them to drop some load of chemicals at his dad's house, which is where they find the mom. Yep. Um, so then he takes off to the parents' home. He drives up, walks in the house. That's when he finds the mom. He's, he claims that he shakes her right pant leg. Mm -hmm. And he says, mom, um, but he can see that there's blood around. And mm -hmm. like you mentioned, instead of calling 911, he calls his sister. Um, Correct. But his sister doesn't answer. Right. I think. And then no. she calls him back. Yeah. Some, some, they get connected. I don't it doesn't matter. I don't think it's significant how they get connected. But yes, they get connected. So then. um <clears throat> So he calls the sister, tells her what's happened. The sister asks, but did you call um, 911? And he claims that no, because it, she's dead. So, you know, like she's dead. There's no need to call 911. This is not exactly how he said it, but this is what he said, right? Right. Um, so they end up hanging up. He calls his dad. His dad doesn't answer. He calls his wife. His wife doesn't answer. And I guess... I didn't really get clear if then if that moment is when he calls 911 or not, but I felt it was important to know the fact that you call your sister, you call your dad, you call your wife, but where in all of this are you trying to call 911? Right. And it's not until, just so if, if folks go out there and try to look at the series, it's not until the second episode that we really find out that the sister calls the dad. So after she's like, why didn't you call 911? She calls the father and says, mom is dead. And the father rushes home um, to 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 see his wife. Um, and what we hear, what we understand is as he is essentially running up to the house, the son is, I guess, almost outside or outside on the phone. And the presumption is, is he's either on the phone at that time calling 911 or he's on the phone talking to his wife or someone else. Right. All right. So let's just go ahead. Didn't you find it weird when he was mentioning when the dad finally made it to the house, 
how he grabbed her, gave her a kiss on the forehead, and was like, the dad. Yeah. You didn't find um, I found a lot of things weird <laughs> in, in this case. Um, but no, because when I, when my, um, when my grandmother um, passed away and I went to the hospital, um, she was already gone. And so the first thing I did was I went into the room and that's what I did. I kissed her, I hugged her, told her I love her. Um, so I don't necessarily find that weird. Well, I, I can get if the person is in the hospital is totally different because at that point, doctors have already declared this person dead, right? But, but he knows she's dead because the sister says she's dead. Yeah, I don't know if she's dead. The lady could be breathing. Hey, who called the ambulance for the ambulance? I mean, you're, if you see all that blood that they saw, obviously the presumption is that they Listen, were dead. Listen, you're guilty too. Because oh you're my presuming God. that lady is dead. Now, that they could have saved that lady's life. Now, the father was the last person who saw the mother prior to the son, according to the facts as presented by both sides, right? Because the father dropped her off after some coffee and he went to the grain to sell grains. All of them are farmers. And it's important yeah. for people to understand that in this particular area, the son farmed and lived right here on one side of the street and on the other side of the field. That's where the father was. So they're right there. So farming where they farm i don't think that's where they live because the, they live further away but where they farm and do their business is literally next to each other the fields all right so we meet jason's um attorneys um he has three defense attorneys that we are introduced to in this throughout this um case what do you think about them i didn't get their names and honestly i don't think it's important to say their names but i know you like to do that um, but if you want to, that's fine. But go oh, ahead. No, no, it's fine. I felt that um, Allison, which was the junior, um, the junior attorney, is that how you sure. refer to yeah. them? Mm -hmm. I felt that she was more um, passionate about trying to to defend him. Mm -hmm. um, I think that Christine, which is the the lead attorney, she was more of a. Um, at times, I don't know, at times with her, I felt like it was more of a, I want to head, head you know, I don't know how what the word is with the prosecutor. Right. Like I want but to. She, I, I think what you're trying to say is, and as if I can say it correctly. Mouth, yeah. Go. But I think I can articulate it a little better than what you're doing right now. Oh, wow. What I, what I, <laughs> 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 what I, <laughs> what I hear you say, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, is that the, you felt like the lead attorney was not as compassionate to Ch Ch Jason or his wife. And she was more focused on trying to get, you know, make sure that she is there to bump heads from a legal perspective and a defensive perspective, um, present her case against the prosecutor. So she was more about being bullheaded or strong willed on presenting the case versus being compassionate. Yeah, but I mean, yes, but I still felt that she... She did a great job. I felt that she did an awesome job. So um, we one thing that I thought was important, or at least I thought was important. I said this already was when we're they were talking to about, talk about what you think is important. I know. But remember the when they were talking about the evidence um, and the junior attorney, Allison, and the lead attorney and the guy, I forget his name. 
they were all in the room and they were talking about the 911 call because it's not until we get into the room that we actually hear the full length of the 911 call um, that Jason provides. And one thing that they were talking about is the fact that A, it was the lead attorney said it was weird that he says two hours. B, is that remember the lead investigator said there was a deposition, right, in this case. Now, we don't know if it's in this case um, because usually you don't do depositions like this in criminal cases. And what I found out doing some research after this is technically, and we didn't know this, and I don't know if you know this. I do. There were two trials going on at the same time. Mm -hmm. And the civil case was filed first. And what I understand, because I went and listened to the Dateline um, episode, is that they decided to file the civil case in order to force the prosecutor to make a decision about bringing criminal charges against Jason, right? So um, the lead investigator, his name is Special Agent Ludwig, and he was very clear when he sat down, L-U-D-W-I-C-K, mm-hmm. like anybody care. Anyway, <laughs> he gave deposition testimony. Um, and for those of you who don't know what deposition testimony is, that basically means that you are sitting um, being questioned by the opposing side. It can either be an attorney or it could be someone who's representing themselves. And they are asking you questions under oath as if you are actually at the trial. It can be used for various purposes. Um, it could be used to try to get rid of a case in a civil ca- in the civil case, particularly by motion. It could be used also in a criminal case. Um, and so you are expected to answer questions um, truthfully, honestly, and it could be used against you at the trial um, when you are live testifying before a jury. And then someone comes back and say, well, at the, your deposition, didn't you say X, Y, and Z? Okay. So that's what that is. But basically what Ludwig said is that, you know, every time I listened to this 911 call, I chuckled and I chuckled at the fact that how poor of a job he did in acting, <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah, but what he said is that he chuckled every time he would hear him cry. Right, Every cry. time that he would hear um, Jason cry on the 911 call, that would make the agent chuckle. Right, right. Um, and so um, the the attorney, the lead attorney is basically saying, well, yeah, he doesn't really, for someone who does not know Jason, because I've worked with Jason on this case, I can see that they probably would think that. And I don't want them to hear that and have them make a determination based upon the audio that in fact um, he is guilty or he has something to do with it or he was pretending that those emotions were real, right? Um, and I think that's important because you already said that when you heard that the 911, not because of him laughing, but the two hours got you to say, oh, okay, this is odd. Why the hell are you talking right, about two hours? Exactly. And that was brought up in their in their discussion, the the defense um, attorney's discussions about the case is why why would you say two hours? That is weird. Um, but people do strange things when they are in the situation of trauma and in things of that nature. And yeah, nervous right. or whatever the case is. Right, and quite frankly, there is no scientific evidence to there's no kind of science science that will be able to tell you that a person is not in distress or what have you. That's one of the reasons that in um, 
in legal cases that um, a lie detector is not permitted, is impermissible evidence and mm-hmm. in, oh, in cases. Yeah, you can't you can't present that um, because they they're not scientifically proven. Now, um, investigators, police officers use it all the time to substantiate their investigatory um, beliefs or for probable cause and things of that nature, but it's not admissible evidence. All right. So what we find out as we go on is that the def- the prosecution comes up with this theory. And that theory is, is that um, Jason and his wife were experienced financial issues, mm-hmm. right? Because the wife died on the 19th. And at the time on the 19th, what we find out is their checking account particularly had $83 in it, right? Oh, I didn't know they were that specific, but yeah. Yeah, 83. Remember when when Allison goes and talks to the wife and brings the documents in the bill? She says, okay, on the 19th, you had $83 in your account. I, so I, I had written less than 100, but it's fine. Yeah, $83. Um, and so the suggestion is, is that he is... He wanted to get rid of his wife, his his mother, so he can get access to some funds. And we don't know if that's a life insurance or if that is something dealing with the farming business that they have or the farm itself. We don't know. They don't really specify one way or the other about a life insurance policy. Okay, so that is that. So we go and and Allison goes and meets with the wife to try to figure out and the husband to figure out. Okay, you had eighty three dollars in your account. How can you survive on eighty three dollars? What's your explanation? Mm -hmm. So what do they say? Denise. Um, so the wife says, I have a $20,000 line of credit that's connected to the account. Mm-hmm. I have uh, credit cards. She had a $10,000 credit card that at that time of the murder had a zero balance. Yep. Um, and then they had something else. That Grain. They, okay. That they could have gotten cash for if they sold it or something. And the amount of what? Oh, that I didn't write. That was in the amount of 140 $45,000. So okay. you had $10,000 credit limit um, on a credit card. You had a $20,000 line of credit. Now, we don't know if they had a zero balance on a line of credit right. or not. And then you had $145,000 of grain that she could have sold, according to her, if she needed it and if she wanted right. to. And one of the reasons that the, ninth, the, the $83 was there on the 19th is that they said that she gets paid on the 20th. Mm-hmm. And so her check hits the account on the 20th and only her account goes into the checking account. account. Yeah. Yes. And the attorneys basically said is that they've talked to um, other farmers and the farmers indicated that that's typical for farmers. Mm-hmm. That That's just the way it is. All right. right. So what did you think about that? Did you think... Um, that that was a sufficient explanation from the the family about the the income. I think it was. Um, Allison was very clear in telling her, "Don't mention the credit cards because technically that's not cash." She but, didn't say don't mention it. She said don't lead with. Right, don't lead with the credit card. But I felt that um, it was it was a, a truthful answer. You know, like. It, it, it happens yeah. at the time you have a certain balance because you're waiting for that check. When you live paycheck to paycheck, that's how it is. Let me put it that yeah. way. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that is commonplace um, for certain communities, certain mm-hmm. ec- income levels. So I don't think anything is odd about that. Maybe it's that, just yeah. so it's just odd. When if it you happens pres- that. Yeah. Yes, that, you know, it was 83 and then the next day they probably would stand to gain something. Right. Yeah. But even then it was. I'm not sure that I'm not sure that that 
um, line of thinking from the prosecution actually matters because the husband is still there. If anyone is going to gain immediately, more likely than not, it would be the husband, not the son. Right. Um, unless the son had some kind of independent policy on the mom. Um, so that that didn't really sway me one way or the other. I just think the prosecution was were grasping for th- straws on that issue. Um, now, <clears throat> we find out that the lead detective Ludwig, special agent Ludwig, pretty much from the beginning thought the son did it. Right. Mm-hmm. OK. And so we find out that the sun is maybe like two days after within 72 hours of that is what i hear within 72 hours of the crime the sun is automatically the main suspect and he's brought in for questioning right well prior to him being brought into questioning Ludwig goes to his home he does to talk to him right. and they find out that there is what uh, a cell phone that he didn't mention, a second cell phone that he had not mentioned to them. And why didn't he mention this sex? Well, first of all, what is the purpose? What did we find out of the purpose of the second cell phone is? Well, that's he was having an affair. He and was that having was a- his way of communicating with his side chick. <laughs> right. So, so he had a second phone so that he could communicate with someone who he was um, in relations with, that he was having an affair with for about a year is what we find out Correct. from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, fi- we, we hear that he's brought in for questioning, right? One thing that they do make clear is that he is, um, he is in, um, being questioned by the police for 11 hours, right? So the defense makes sure that they bring that out when they're discussing. What did you think about that? Did you think, um, when you heard that someone is under questioning for 11 hours, was that any concern for you? Yeah, because, and this is just my opinion, when a person is being held in for so long and you keep on drilling and drilling because we've watched these crime shows to know that that they're going to keep on drilling you and saying you did it, you did it, you know, and they're going to keep on inferring that you did. And just so you could get out of there because you just tired of being there for so long you're going to tend to implicate yourself one way or the other right and so that kind of concerned me a little yeah because the concept the thought process is that technically a person is um agreeing or um, saying that they committed a crime under duress right but there's nothing illegal about um officers keeping you that long now here's the thing that this that this particular um series did not bring to light on the Dateline series, <clears throat> when they were doing, because Dateline did both the civil and the criminal together. So you knew that there was two cases going on at the same time. We didn't know that just looking at A&E. But what the evidence showed on that particular stance from the prosecution was that he was free to go. But Jason wanted to stay there longer to convince the officers that he didn't do it. So that was the that was the presentation of the evidence on another episode from a different um, a different television channel. Right. So we hear this. Right. Um, But what we don't hear on either on either um, 
television special is that he says I did it. He was clear I didn't do it. There was a lot of debate about him having this affair. Why didn't you tell people? He was screaming on there. Um, you know, no one asked me that question. Had they asked me about the phone, I would have told them. Did you? What did you think about that? Did you agree with that? I did you think it was because? The, when 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 Lud, Ludwig went to the home, he brought him outside and he was like, um, you lied to us. And so Jason is like, about what? And he's like, about your girlfriend, about the affair. And so he says, nobody asked me about that. And so he keeps telling him, you lied. You know, you you tampered with it already. But I agree. Like, we're talking about my mur my mom's murder. We're not talking about me. Sleeping so with someone. I don't feel like I have to tell you that one, I'm having an affair because I don't want my wife to find out the reason why I have a second phone. And I wouldn't have thought that that second phone would have been important for the case. Right. Because again, we're trying to solve my mother's murder, not anything related to me. Like, exactly. So yeah. I agreed with him. Like, yeah. I, I felt it was a cheap shot from the, the, the investigators, but. What we find out is that piece of evidence, not the not the fact that he had a second phone, the fact that he had an affair is important throughout this case, at least from the investigation that the police officers conduct. Um, and and what? Well, before we get to that, how did the wife even find out about the affair? The so they had him in a room in a separate room, and I guess the the family were they were at the police station as well, and they had them in a separate room. And so Ludwig, or one of the, um, it was Ludwig, told her that he was having the affair. Told her that she was having an affair while she was actually trying to figure out if she can communicate with Jason about the funeral arrangements for his mom. And basically, the officer basically says, oh, by the way, your husband's uh, fucking somebody else. Yeah, he's having an affair. I thought that was shitty. Well, I think Ludwig was shitty <laughs> from day one, but right. All right. So, um, why I say that piece of evidence was important is because Ludwig essentially went. I'm going to use this term, Denise. Can you might disagree with me? I basically think he he basically went on a campaign to convince the family members that because he was having an affair, he killed his mom because his mom would be upset that he had an affair and probably would disclose that to his wife. So he shot his mom dead a to shut her up about this affair. And so he told the father about the affair. He told the sister about the affair and the sister was like, because I thought this was very important when, when Ludwig was asking the sister questions, I don't know if you caught this. One of the first things she said is what does he stand to gain by killing mom? Mm -hmm. Right? So automatically that tells me there was no money tied up with Jason, because if that was the case, if there was a if there was an insurance policy or if there was something, uh, a will that says that when I die is going to go to X, Y and Z and Jason's would name, we would have heard that that would have been pivotal evidence because that would help substantiate a motive, right? Mur motive for the murder. But we don't hear any of that. At all. We hear about the $83 in the checking account. And so then we do a whole leap of faith and jump 30, 30 grounds from a reasonable perspective to say that he killed her because of money. And now we're circling it back around to the fact that he killed her, quote unquote, allegedly, because he wanted to silence her about the affair. Did you, what do you think about that? You, 
Yeah, I agree. I think that um, he took that as his weapon to to cast doubt, especially on the family, because he kept telling the sister, because we don't get to hear his questioning or, or, or any conversation between Ludwig and the father. We hear it no. between Ludwig and the sister. And, and he, he just, cuts that off, though, at some point. Remember, he stopped recording the conversation with the sister. But go uh, ahead. I didn't even pay attention to that, yep. honestly. Mm-hmm. But um, I, what I got gathered from him talking to her is the fact that Nobody knew about this affair, so he lied. He lied to you. So if he's lying to you, he could be guilty of this murder. You yeah. know, I felt like that's what he kept trying to like push and push for her to believe to the point where she started believing, well, maybe it was him. You know, right. like maybe he did it. And so and this and this is one of these points that people need I think people need to 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 listen to because it's important and I'm not giving legal advice. Nothing I say on this podcast is legal advice. Even though I'm a lawyer, I don't represent you. I'm not giving any kind of legal advice. Now, one thing, one reason that a lot of um, attorneys don't like to put their clients on the stand is for this very reason is because even though there may not be a logical connection from one lie to the issue at hand. So in this case, him lying to his wife basically right deceiving his wife Mm -hmm. about his faithfulness him going out and having an affair doesn't logically connect to the fact that he killed his mom right if you just if you just heard those two things without anything else you would not i don't think one reasonable person would automatically assume that he killed them right Right. killed the, the mom but if you lie once right the likelihood is that you will what lie again Lie again. And so if you, for instance, if you have a felony, right? One thing that if you look into the, the, the rules of evidence, the federal rules of evidence and a lot of states um, actually follow them. And what that means is rules of evidence is how you present evidence to a court. There are certain things that you have to do. There are certain things that can stay out of court, um, certain evidence, because it doesn't follow within the rules of evidence. Um, and so one of those is that if you have a felony, you can use that um, against that person who is testifying, right? And so the fact that you have a felony already tells me as a person who don't know you that what? You're guilty. Or you, yeah, or you, you're more prone, more likely than not to have done this crime or more likely to not than not to be involved with criminal behavior, right? So you do these things to impeach the the credibility of a witness or of your client. That's how the other side would do it, to impeach the credibility of your client. So that's why a lot of people, particularly lawyers who are specific, especially in the criminal world, don't like putting on their their clients. And I'll give you a very stupid example, but it's something that is used a lot of times. When I give a deposition and someone, uh, I take someone's deposition and someone says, well, I've never cursed. I've never cursed. I don't curse in my household. What they don't know is I've already talked to folks. I've already talked to your son, your daughter, and her mama, your mama too. And she already told me you curse like a sailor, right? (laughs) So I'm going to bring that up and say, you say you never curse because he used the word never. That implies that you won't use it under any circumstances. And so you use little bits and pieces like that to impeach the incredibility of a witness. And they do these little small things all the time. And remember, that's what the jury are looking at. Because 
they may see all this evidence, but a lot of these jury members go by their heart. They go by their feelings. They go by what their own intuition is telling them. Like in your situation, in episode 32, you were talking about you're a witch doc, a witch, right? You a get witch. to know yeah. when people lie. Yes. <laughs> so things like that happen. Sorry, that was a tangent. All right. But I, I think no, it's but important to talk about. Allison mentions it too about the inconsistencies because it's a standard way of putting in question, you know, a person's credibility. And I felt that they kind of maybe not but they use that tactic later on in trial yep when they're questioning one of the witness you know one of the people <laughs> all right so Ludwig, after they do the the questioning of the 11 hours and he you know speaks to the sister the father and the wife he gets into the vehicle and i don't understand why the recording is still on i guess he had forgotten to turn it off probably the body camera the or whatever he gets into the vehicle with another officer and the officer, you can hear the officer asking him, so what happened today? I missed all of it. And so Ludwig starts saying, well, eventually Billy. And so the officer cuts him off and says, is on board. And then Ludwig replies back and says, he's on board. But our Who biggest Billy? concern now, I'm about to tell you, our biggest concern now is that he can flip a couple of times. So as Ludwig tries to continue, the officer says, you're not recording, are you? And then you hear a click and it's cut off. Okay, but who is Billy? Billy is the brother, the oldest brother of Jason. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was based on so that going back in line that he was doing this recruiting of the family. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. missed that? Yeah, I mean, maybe because I didn't think, I mean, I saw the pattern with Ludwig, so I presume he did that with well, all the family members when i heard that i was like okay jason is no longer guilty billy is well i don't know if that means that <laughs> i think it just Listen, means that that's my opinion and yeah, i'm telling okay. you how i felt all the right two hours was it for me and this is billy is involved all right so anyhow we go through this and they find out that in order for him to to get from the location that he was at to his mother's house on the day in question. It would be about a 40-something minute drive, which would leave him about 14 minutes to commit the crime. But at trial, we hear that the 14 minutes to commit the crime is dwindled down to only 10 minutes, right? Right. So he has 10 minutes to go in, throw things away, shoot his mama, go outside, come back in, and act like he finds her and shakes her right leg, mm -hmm. right? And then calls the police. All right. Now... We go through all this and we find out that there is a plea deal. Mm -hmm. Okay. So as we go through this, the prosecution offers um, Jason a plea deal. That plea deal is, do you remember what that plea deal was? Voluntary manslaughter, 10 year sentence with yep. a three to five years served. And uh, Alf, what is it? Alf, Alfred? Alfred plea. plea. Yeah. Now, I don't think he necessarily, I, I don't think the plea deals said three to five years served. That's the lawyer. That's just the lawyer who that was it, the yeah. lawyer who was telling her him that my experience is that mm -hmm. from between three to five years that you serve, then you'll be let out. So basically, let me let me just make that clear. There was a plea deal from the prosecution saying here, um, plea to voluntary manslaughter that comes for 10 years his lawyer says that based upon my experience with this type of plea deal that it will give you about three to five years that you have to be in jail and then you'll be let out now part of this is that they said that you can do this as an effort plea okay 
So all that means is this. That means on some plea deals, you plead guilty to this, right? If I'm offering you manslaughter, you're pleading guilty to manslaughter. If, I, if I'm if i charging you with first-degree murder and then I give you a plea deal to say second-degree murder, you have pled guilty to say I committed a crime second-degree. Alfred plea is different. Alfred plea says this. You're not pleading one way or the other. You're not pleading guilty to anything. But what you are saying is that there is enough evidence that if I go to court, that more likely than not, I could be guilty, right? And so as a saving grace, I'm agreeing to take my chances and decide to do X, Y, and Z. That's all it means, right? But from a from the effect of a Alfred plea, it does not say, it does not remove the fact that you were found, it doesn't impact your record any better than if you were to be guilty. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, it does. Mm-hmm. And I kind of felt like, like on all these episodes that we've watched, whenever there's a plea deal, like the lawyers kind of don't want to get involved, right? Like they want to allow the person to, to decide if you want to take it or not. Because I guess, I think in one of the episodes you mentioned that the lawyers can't technically tell you take it or don't take it, right? No, But they I cannot. kind of felt like she was pushing for it. Like she kept saying, you know, you'll be able to see your son. I, I don't think that's what she was doing. I think she was doing the right thing as a lawyer. I think what she was saying, I, I, I'm i not trying to dis, disregard your opinion. Oh, yes, Because I'm are, not. But, okay. No, but I don't think that's what sure. she was doing. What she was saying is, look, we go to trial. There's a high possibility that you can go away for life. Life in Iowa means life. There's no possibility of parole. That means you're never going to get out and see your child unless there's an appeal and we win the appeal and this, that, and the third. This is a good deal for someone who is facing the inevitable of being the inevitable of the unknown. And that being that I could go to jail for the rest of my life and not see my two children. That's what she was saying. Now, yeah, I don't know. I still felt that, you know, again, you I know that there's this thing where attorneys. um, Your your client is is not guilty. Even if you know that your client is guilty, you you have to prove that your client isn't, right? Well, isn't I'm not. I'm like not. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. I I I think I think here's what I'm going to say. Okay. Every person is entitled to a defense. Every person is entitled to be represented, and if there is an allegation of a crime, it is the prosecution's job to prove that crime. I, as a lawyer, may represent someone who I might think, okay, well, maybe there's a possibility something was involved, what happened you. I don't know. But you navigate through that as long as you're not doing anything unethical. You know, that's what matters. At the end of the day, everyone is entitled to be represented and entitled um, to have a lawyer um, present their case or to defend them. I'll just say that. Well, I'm going to try to, not for this one, but later on, see if I can find what it is that I thought I had um, understood. But anywho. um, What are you doing, cutting your nails? (laughs) I just felt that she, 
I don't know. This is just my opinion as watching it, right? By her saying that, because again, I've watched the entire series. And in those series, none of those lawyers, whenever there was a plea deal, made any type of comment. They just said, this is what the plea deal is. And they left it up to whoever was in the case to decide, do I take mm -hmm. it or not? This is the first episode where I even hear the lawyer. I mean, yeah, the, the lawyer. Um, even mention, well, you know, if you take it, then then this is what you could be serving. And you're trying to prove that he's not guilty. He's telling you that he didn't do it. Why would you even say anything? Leave it. No, I, 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 I get that. I, I, I hear what you're saying. And I think that is a well-received um, opinion. And I think it is a valid opinion. But I also want to be clear that there Every lawyer is different. Lawyer, the lawyer styles are different. I tend to take the perspective with my clients that I want them to make an informed decision. And in order for a person to make an informed decision, they need to know all things. The good, the bad, the ugly, the in-between, the unknown. The unknown is, bruh, you can be going to jail for the rest of your life. No matter what you might think, you're not guilty. <laughs> unless Jesus come down from on high and comes to the courtroom and tell these people he ain't guilty, there's a possibility that somebody on that juror pool is going to make you guilty or convince the other jurors to make you guilty, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. That is probably, that, that, that is something that, that he needs to know. This deal says that you know without a shadow of a doubt Unless you go in there and start becoming a criminal and then get into drugs and, and, and start killing people. Without a shadow of doubt, 10 years is the maximum that you're going to serve. Right? So you mm -hmm. still be able to see your kids. You still be able to see your wife. Blah, blah, blah. I think because the stakes were so high in regards to what he could end up having that she wanted him to be clear. These are your options. And that's the way I looked at it. I didn't see her pushing one way or the other, honestly. But I do agree that out of all of the other episodes, she talked a little more about the plea deal than mm -hmm. other folks. And 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 to your point, someone who is not savvy enough may think that's the indication. Oh, my lawyer thinks my case is weak. So I can hear that. Right. Yeah. And, and 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 I'm glad that you mentioned that because you you I think you hit it right on. What is it? You hit the name. Whatever, the, whatever the, the nail thing. on the head, because right. you know I'd be smart like that. Let me let me just tell no, people. No, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me just show this these. This is people. where I'm I'm about to discredit you. <laughs> oh my God, go ahead. No, 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 it's not discredit you, but I think that you you hit on the fact that as a lawyer, that's how you interpret it because you are you understand the laws, you understand what. I don't know. I don't even know how to say it. But as a lawyer, that's what you would have done. But as a person that let's say I'm the one that's facing the crime, it's exactly what you said. I would have taken it as her telling me your case is weak. You're going to lose. Take it. You're still going to be able to see your kids. You're still going to be able to do this. You know what I mean? Like, I just felt that it should have just been explained. So remember, if you take it, this is what's going to happen and leave it up to him to decide if he wanted to do it or not. But that was good because I, I, I think this is important because people, the thing, the bottom line is this, is that people come into cases as they are, right? Mm -hmm. 
how they how they think, how they're raised. What do you think the jury is doing? Same thing. These are small things that they are listening to, seeing they're going back into their childhood. Oh, when I was a kid, I didn't do this. Or when I was this old, I wouldn't have done this. My parents would have never said this to me. If someone would have asked me to do this, I never would have did it. And we all come to the table with baggage. And so I, I just want to say I think that's important. Um, and it, it, it's a beautiful piece of being human. Um, but it is a travesty sometimes for the legal system because it's it's not about your baggage. It's really what the evidence is supposed to show. <laughs> right. But that's not always the case, right? All right. Okay, so after the plea deal, it goes up evidence, new evidence that they have, that the defense has, which is auto recordings from individuals that are saying that they can offer information to be able to solve the case. Um, so apparently law enforcement reached out to certain individuals, local residents. No, these people reached out to them to say, I have information about this case that I think that you need to hear. And then that's when they went to her to actually, you know, get information from her and they had it on recording. Had it on recording. What'd she say? What'd she say? What'd she say? She says that Joe, uh, Joe Sedlock did it with the follow up. Follow Wills, which is two brothers. Okay, but wait, go back. She ain't just say that. She ain't just say he did it. She said Joe Sedlock told me. Right, told me that he did it with the he follow did it. Wills. And and why did he tell her he did it? Because they were supposed to get some pills in the mail, mm-hmm. which confused me because I was like, were you supposed to be getting it in in Shirley's house or where? I think they. I I agree. They didn't make that clear. What I gathered was is that Shirley was getting pills and they wanted those pills. Oh, and so they went, they were trying to get those pills and they went in the house and she surprised them. I guess they weren't expecting her to actually be there. And so that's when one of the brothers killed her. Yes. Shot her. They said they said the gun went off on accident. Went off and shot her. Yep. And shot her, and she was still alive. And then they went to the kitchen and said, "You might as well finish her." Basically, right. And if you remember, she was shot two times. She was shot two times. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, so now, and, and 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 not only that, all three of them got all kind of records, yes. right? Assault, robbery, all kind of shit. I don't know if it was robbery. I know it was assault. assault there was something yeah. else. Yeah, I think it was um, robbery too. So all three, the set Setlick and the two brothers have a record. It, it's important to note that Jason Carter does not have a record, right? Right. Um, and neither did Angel Bumpus, but you know how Angel Bumpus case ended. All right, yeah. moving on. So uh, <laughs> they all have records. The police heard this, and what did they do with this information? Not a thing. Not a mother friggin'. They ain't gonna talk to the set looks. They ain't gonna talk to the follow wheels. They ain't gonna ask no one else if they knew anything about it. And if you think about it, did you, when you heard that, did you think that that was a plausible explanation as to how Miss Carter died? Yes. Yeah, I I agree. They did it. Listen. Jason is no longer guilty in my eyes. Billy is no longer a suspect in my eyes. The follow wills killed her along with Joe. Right. Okay. And so what does the what what does the defense try to do with this? 
um, they try to make it admissible in court, like try to be able to bring into court. So they go to, I don't know what you guys will call that. They go to a hearing. They go to a hearing to present to the judge the evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, but the judge says that's hearsay. Okay. Yeah. So during the hearing. It, yeah. Okay. So when I was looking at the judge, I was like, this judge is like, he's supposed to, he belong in a rock band. I know. <laughs> Like with the guitar. Like yeah. you need to have the guitar. Yes, that's what I wrote down in my notes. Like he's supposed to be playing guitar somewhere, yeah. not on the bench. Uh, I thought the seemed, same thing. I was like, he just, oh. just seems so cool. He had that gray hair, the pointer, like just chilling in the bench, like and he leaned back and he was like the but 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 that's hearsay. Okay. So hearsay, I know a lot of people hear this term, right? You hear all these folks who don't know nothing about law talking about that's hearsay. You can't be talking about that hearsay. Okay. So hearsay is a relevant thing for in the courtroom, right? It is when I talked about earlier rules of evidence. Hearsay says this, right? There that you can't present out of court statements into the courtroom for the truth of the matter asserted. So basically, let's say that I, I talked to Denise. I went to the police and told them, Denise told me that she killed Bobby Blue Band. Oh, my God, Bobby. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's hearsay. That's out of court because we're not in court today. Right. And I'm telling you, she did it. Right. And we are in a criminal case. So I want this evidence to substantiate that Denise did the crime. In that instance, Nine times out of 10, 9.9 times out of 10, it's not going to be admissible because you are trying to offer that information to prove whatever that matter that you are asserting. In this right. case, murder, right? The prosecution has said, we're not, we're not trying to do that at all. all right. Whether Followell and Sedlec, Sedlock did it, don't matter. Because that's how why we're offering it. What we're offering it to for is to show that this was a shoddy investigation, to show that there were leads that the that the the investigators should have followed but and didn't follow. Didn't. Right. Right. And so, if you're not offering a matter for the truth of the matter asserted, then it's technically not hearsay. Okay. So. Even if it is hearsay, there are exceptions to the hearsay rule, and that's very complicated. And I'm not going to go through that. But just note that just because someone said hearsay doesn't mean that it's not going to be admitted. There are exceptions to the hearsay rule. And if you are offering it for some other reason other than the truth of the matter asserted, then technically, if you look at the definition of the federal rules of evidence, and most states follow this, it's not considered hearsay. Moving on. Okay. Pushing that aside. So the judge basically says, I'm going to take that under advisement. Mm-hmm. Basically means I'm going to, I heard your arguments. I'll come back and I'll give you my ruling. Yep. He comes back. He gives his ruling. And what's his ruling? In favor of the defense. You can so bring that. We'll bring that in. Bring that on in. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Let's bring it on in. Right. Yep. Um, which was a good thing yes. for Jason. Right. Because it shows that you have a, a lead from criminals, right? <laughs> that they were involved in the crime, but you didn't do anything to investigate it because you felt that Jason was the prime suspect because right. you had some kind of special abilities to listen to 911 calls and, and determine make a judgment, the su- right. and make a judgment, right? Um, which is important, which is key. And I thought that that was a great part from the defense, right? Mm-hmm. We get to trial. 
the prosecution calls the criminalists, right? Well, before before they bring that in, somebody mentioned, you know, that this prosecutor was uh, theatrical. Mm-hmm. And when he did his opening statement, it was boring. It wasn't boring. It was like, am I in the theater? Because it, it was like he was acting it out. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he is theatrical. Like, Well, because you have to think about it. Flair matters. Your ability to connect. This is the beauty of, of our, our system. The ability to connect to someone through storytelling is important. Like, y'all might call me extra <laughs> all y'all want. You are. Okay. But there is, there is a knack to have an ability to connect to someone through the way you talk, through the way you present, because I I, I'm going to listen more likely than not to someone that I'm entertained by or I'm interested in than somebody who's boring. Because if you're boring, I'm looking out the window. <laughs> and I agree with you 100%. But yeah. I always, when, when we discuss these cases, I always think of myself as if I was in the jury, right? I think I've mentioned that. Mm-hmm. And if, if this prosecutor would have started like that, immediately it would have turned me to shut the F up and just get to the point of what it is that we're discussing here today. Cause he was just too dramatic for me. Yeah. That's but you, why but I would never be called in. You're different. Jury. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do think that you, you come from a different thing, a different, but you, but you, you have say? to think, you have to think about you're sitting, you're sitting there for days. Cause their yeah, case yeah. went on for six days, yeah. right? You're sitting there for days. You need some entertainment. That's not the entertainment that I need, but moving on. <laughs> All right. Now, there are some folks who overdo it. Fine. Um, but I know, you know, whatever. Putting that aside. Bye. <laughs> so we go to the trial. They call the criminalist. Mm-hmm. The criminalist is the person who goes and and makes a determination about, you know, ballistics and were the forensics and blah, blah, blah. And what forensic or ballistic evidence do they have to, to tie Jason to this case? None. Absolutely nothing, right? No fingerprints, no ballistics, nothing, nothing right? And he says, the process, I think the defense did a beautiful job of this, is mm-hmm. getting him to say that in your report and sitting here today, basically, there is nothing that ties Jason Carter to this crime, right? And he tries to make it, he tries to do the right thing by saying, well, I'm just going to read what my report basically says. It it says that I don't have evidence to say that Jason did it or that Jason did Did not not. do it. Mm -hmm. Right. So that was, that was good. Him him trying to save it. Then they called the um, examiner. I don't know if she was the medical examiner or she was some kind of like. The person who who viewed the body and examined the body, yeah, but they I didn't. They, they, they didn't call her a medical examiner. No, though. they just said she was just the first medical person that looked at the body. That's yes. what they said. Yes, and so she gets on the stand, right? And on at trial, she tries to say that when she saw Miss Shirley Carter, the blood was wet. Correct. It was not dry. It was not dry. But when she gave the report. Closer to the time when the crime actually occurred, right? Because she pulled up on the scene. She wrote that the blood was what? Dry. And she said coagulated. Right. Because they used that word. Basically means that the blood was Was um, clotting. Right. Right. Means that it's been out for a while. Right. And she wrote that. And what does she try to say in regards to that? Why she wrote that? Oh, I don't, I don't remember. She said it was an oversight. It meant to be wet. Cause all I all I um got out of that is, lady, you lied. Yeah, exactly. She was trying to say it was inadvertent. 
Basically, it was a mistake. I mean, I I meant to mean it was wet, but I put dry. Okay. How can you do that? Like, yeah, I know. There's so many things I can say in regards to that, but I'm not. All right, moving on. So they get her to say that the prosecution calls the family. They do their testimony. There's nothing they we they really can say to say yeah. that Jason did the crime, right? But they get the emotional pitch. The father is on there saying, "My son." I believe my son, he, even though he doesn't say it, you know that's why he's there. The sister, the same thing. The brother, we don't hear anything about the brother at all because I think he flipped, okay? Because <laughs> remember that conversation you said earlier. Then now it makes sense why the brother wasn't there because when it opened up, he said, my father, my sister, and my brother are accusing me, but the brother ain't show up. All right. No, and I have a follow-up <laughs> uh, follow on the brother. I don't know if you read about that. I didn't. Okay, we'll, we'll do that in a minute. All right. So then the prosecution rests. Now, why is this important? Who was one of the most important people that, that the defense was waiting to get on that stand? Agent Ludwig. Even I was waiting for him. And I thought the prosecution did a beautiful Wonderful job. Wonderful job. Me too. I was like, these motherfuckers. <laughs> because if that was me, I'd be like, bruh, you ain't getting on the stand. Okay? <laughs> I thought the I, same thing. I'm, I'm good. You stay home. Okay. If you want to come to the trial... You can go and watch outside. You can go to the to the parking lot. You can go to Dunkin' Donuts across the street. But what I'm telling you is, you, you ain't coming up here. here on this stand, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so the prosecution does that, and they rest. And so the defense is in this dilemma. Do we call Ludwig or do we not? And why is that a dilemma? I don't do know. You, know. you don't know, okay? Let me tell you why, okay? The dilemma is, had he been called... I know what he was, or I already know what he said because he already gave his testimony. Because if you are a direct witness, that means that the party is calling you, right? I get to sit there, hear your testimony. Then I, as the opposing side, I get to cross-examine you. Mm. But because I didn't, because the prosecution didn't call you and it's their oh. case, I don't know what you're going to say because I didn't do a deposition of you, right? This is why I know the deposition was not in the criminal case. It was in the civil case. I wasn't there. So I don't know what you're going to talk about. And so if I call you up and say that you knew about this, he could say, no, I never, I never knew that at all whatsoever. Right. So I just, you, you never know. So that was the dilemma. Do we call him without knowing what's going on or not? So um, they ultimately decide to do what? Jason, actually, because she leaves it up to Jason. To it decide. is his case. It's his case. It's yeah. his decision. So he's, he's a client. He's like, no, we, you, you've given me all this on him. We're going to bring him in. Like, you know, now you're trying to tell me, do we not or do we? Like, no, we're bringing him in. So they decided yeah. to bring him in. And so, and this is so sorry. I know I've been talking about this too long, but this is the beauty of this system, right? Because if I call him, I am now the party. That is requesting you as the witness. So that means that my questioning, my questioning changes typically. That means that I can't, I can't ask you those quick witted questions. It's true, isn't it? Right? Because I'm leading you. I can't do that typically. I have to ask you an open-ended question, right? Now everything makes sense. Now right? I understand why she questioned him and stopped it when she did. Because I was like, no, let's show that he yeah. lied. You know, like. 
no yeah no exactly now they're nuanced though there is something in the federal rules evidence that says that if i can convince the judge that you are at a adversarial witness then i can treat you as if i am crossing you even though it's my direct examination right so we don't know any of that that happened but that's just a tidbit that's just me being my little lawyer nerd right <laughs> um but anyhow that goes on that goes on um and so he gets on the trial he gets on the stand and she asks him all these pointed questions she asks him about the three people and he admits that he knew about the three people and he admits that the three people he knew about had criminal records. Assault. Mm -hmm. Right? And an assault charge is more closely related to the potential of murder than no charge at all, which is what you, you try to claim my client did, killed right. his mom. Right? So she immediately stops, as you say. And <laughs> I was like, what is going on? Like, why yeah. is she not drilling him? Like, I would yeah. have been on his ass, but now yeah, no. I understand why. No, 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 no. There is, she did a perfect job. You need to understand that when you are in a trial, you need to ask the questions that you need for the pre presentation of your case mm -hmm. or if you're defending for the purpose of your defense. Yes, I want to drill his ass, but I could drill his ass later. Over drinks, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I'm. That she was going to drinks with I'm her. not going to mess up my client's case because I'm. I got an ego, Emotional, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she stops. Okay. The jury goes and they deliberate. How long they deliberate? Two hours. Two and, hours. And he was nervous. Jason he was nervous. Was really nervous because he's like, they already done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Quick verdict. Normally means what in in real life? Guilty. To people. Guilty, right? <laughs> the longer they 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 deliberate, there's long there's a quick there's more likely than not that it can go either way, right? right? Because it, it could it could for me like if they're taking long, it would be like okay, so something something um doubt there's doubt about something. Yeah, reasonable you know? doubt, right? Yeah, and. We get there, and what's the verdict, Denise? <sighs> not guilty. Not guilty. So he's found not guilty um, of murdering his his mom. Um, his mom. Now, I know you said you had something on the on the brother, but before mm -hmm. we get there, what I found out in the civil case is that the father won. The father mm -hmm. sued his son, and the father won that case and won how much? Ten million. Ten million. And the father said, I mean, people know he won't get that money, right? They farmers. He's not getting $10 million. Yeah. But it was done for um, purpose. It was done for um, principle, right? To show that I know that you killed my my wife is basically why he did that. But go ahead. What was and the you know update that with the brother? He appealed it. He appealed He did. But I didn't find out what happened with the appeal. He lost it. Wow. Well, he lost you go. the appeal. Yeah, he lost it yeah. just recently, uh, June or June of 2020. Okay, because most times you appeal in because you're saying there's not a, enough evidence, or you're saying there needs to be a remittiture. A remittiture is a legal term that basically says ten million is too much. They need to bring it down. But go ahead. So in July of 2020, Mr. Billy Carter, which is the brother, was arrested. You want to know why? He Killing someone. He was charged with assault on guess who? The father. Yes. 
Oh my god! So it might have been Billy. Billy. <laughs> yep, it says that um, the police claim he knocked his father to the ground and kicked them twice on the road near their home, near the father's home following an argument. Apparently they got into an argument. Billy claims he tried to leave the home on foot and the father got into the car trying to follow him. And so as the father is following him, they, they continue argue, arguing. And so that's when he assaulted him. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. All right, people. That is the episode. This episode is a little longer because it was two, two episodes. Uh, yeah two episodes that we had to find it was episode 36 murder his mother or falsely accused and we find out that the jury has determined that jason carter was falsely accused but yes. maybe billy should have been billy could have had seat. something to do with this all right <laughs> until next time make sure that you hit us up on facebook at at peeps creek cafe you can watch the action on youtube at peeps creek podcast you can hit us up on ig twitter and tiktok at peeps creek you can send us a text at 202-618-0043 you can send us an email at cafe at peeps make sure that you visit the website to actually sign up for that newsletter are you excited about the newsletter denise i am i am i am are you sure yes you're positive. And you can also visit the website and buy us coffee. Yeah, you if can you don't visit the website. Buy Go ahead. Sean or Christian coffee is perfectly fine. You can just put it on my name and it will be well received. I will shout you out on the next episode if you do. Can yes. they leave their name? I don't I think so. Yeah, they can leave oh. comments. And let me just put this on here because I forgot to do this and I should. I'm gonna update it. You can also check us out on Twitch at Peeps Creek. We do the episodes on Twitch, and I like to play video games on Twitch. So I stream. Oh, on there and as I well. guess this episode is coming out after Valentine's. So happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Happy Valentine's Day for those individuals who celebrate it. Valentine's um, like doesn't me. have to be about love, it could just be about friendships, about, you know, a close friend. It could be about that. It doesn't always have to be about love. Sound like you just trying to get some coffee. All right. So <laughs> until next time, make sure that you continue to drink, listen, and converse. And peace and Denise. Out. No. Peace <laughs> and love. Peace out.